Hello, everyone. Welcome to A Seat at the Table podcast. I'm your host, Bianca Heron, lead editor at HR Daily Advisor. This podcast focuses on diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace, featuring thoughtful conversations and insight from experts, change makers, and leaders from the business world. Today, we're talking about planting seeds for a positive culture. Building a better culture is a wise investment in your organization's future. Like a gardener, organizations must keep their garden, i.e. their workplace, healthy and productive. So what does this entail? Well, mindfulness and intentionality are key here. And that starts with being intentional about what seeds you plant in your organization. My guest today is all about intentionality and mindfulness. I'm thrilled to have Tiffany Castagno, CEO and founder of Sepper LLC with me today. Sepper is a human resources consulting firm founded on the values of integrity, trust, empathy, and active listening. Through Focus Partnership, the firm helps small to medium-sized businesses, nonprofit organizations, and startups build infrastructure, policies, programs, and a strong employer brand and culture. All right, everyone, get comfortable in your seats. Let's dive in. Tiffany, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you, Bianca. I'm doing great and better now that I'm here with you. Thank you for having me. The pleasure is truly always mine. So we're just going to delve right into things here, Tiffany. My first question for you, what's your definition of having a seat at the table? Thank you. And thank you for already making me feel welcome with the seat at the table. Um, For me, it it means that there should already be a chair and a place sitting there for me, right? And, And I feel like you've just done that. But if someone goes to a table, you know, that there isn't a space for them, that somebody is also going to pull up that extra seat and get an extra place setting out for them. Uh, It means that it's in consideration. You're going to be in consideration of whether I'm a vegetarian. Well, do I have some food allergies? Do I not like mushrooms, which I really don't, Um, but that you also have a vested interest in caring if I want an appetizer or a dessert and meeting me where I'm at at said table, right, for equity. Uh, And it also means that I can have equitable access to those leftovers just like anyone else. So when we look at the workplace and society, to me, that means giving people equitable access, giving over that equitable access to meet that person where they're at. I love that. I love that. And come off with that equitable access. I feel like that's another episode that might be be a part two to this. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. Today, we're here to talk about planting seeds for a positive culture. And I think, of course, over the last three years, organizations have been really trying to find, I guess you could say, their perfect fit because not everything works for everyone. Uh, In your opinion, what seeds should HR leaders be intentional about planting to harvest a positive, healthy and productive culture? Yeah. And I thank you for thank you for that question. But also it's such a great question but also for the fact that you said HR leaders, because I think there is a distinction there, but at the same time, I think all leaders need to be intentional about what we're doing. Uh, We all should be wanting to plant these positive cultures and sow the seeds for that. And it does take work. And I love that you use the word intentional. So, um, you know, we were just talking about uh, equity and it means that we need to also have the elements of nurturing those gardens and nurturing our employees. So we need to foster an environment where people feel accepted. So many times 
I still hear language around uh, people being tolerated, um, you know, and I, I'm still not sure why we're still using that language, but people don't want to be tolerated. They want to be accepted. They want to know that one-on-ones are a thing and that you're going to spend time with them and understand their voice, that you're going to understand what it is they're doing every day so you can pour into them into their performance evaluations. And really it's, it becomes this piece of compassion with, you know, from a leadership perspective that folks need to be able to be able to understand and feel like they connect and like they belong. You know, you can, there are superficial things we can do, um, but people want to feel that sense of inclusion and belonging. And those, those have really become buzzwords to a degree in the industry, especially as HR leaders, but we have the impact and opportunity to really influence that when we can do it in a way that's not superficial, that doesn't feel like a buzzword, um, that doesn't cause people to eye roll. And so we can help really, you know, when we're, when organizations are conducting surveys, people want to know, I'm filling this out. It creates a contract. And so people are expecting to hear something back, not only doing it because you want to prove your version of the truth, but to hear what is really resonating or not with your team, what's helpful or not. Because when we don't listen to that or we don't have action and follow up behind, whether it's a survey, a performance evaluation, following up on a project or a one-on-one, like we said we would do, we need to have integrity. That's part of growing this too, because if we don't, it can become really harmful. We can really erode trust. Um, and that obviously impedes growth and development within the organization. And uh, trust is not a thing, right? We need that trust to be foundational. Um, and so then we're going to erode our culture, whether we do that intentionally or not. So those are some of the things I think that are top of mind. With I love that. I love all of that. Now, of course, uh, in keeping with our, our theme of, of now, we're all gardeners, right? In our workplaces <laughs> are gardeners. Gardeners, um, they know how to design a garden so that the plants in their garden thrive, of course, right? And of course, everyone wants their workplace to be a, a thriving place as well. So how can organizations use their company handbook design, to, to design, excuse me, excitement, a thriving workplace? Yeah. And I think, you know, part of that is what resonated for me when you were talking about feeling seen, feeling heard. Um, but it is, it. I think as much as it is appreciated to be seen and heard, it's also, you know, it creates an experience. It creates an employee experience. So I think it is seeing and it's feeling. Uh, there are so many emotions. Um, and I believe you mentioned that at the beginning um, of the podcast that there are emotions that come into the workplace and that has shifted as time has moved along. So I wanted to just like add that in there for a little effect because it, it resonated with me so much. I appreciated you, you bringing that up. Um, now I can't garden anything green. Uh, there is a beautiful succulent plant off to my left here that, that folks can see, but it is, uh, it's thriving right now. I've to it. Typically, I don't have a green thumb, but I can help you with your culture. <laughs> so I think, you know, really when we look at, and I love this question, the way it's the, the question design to talk about the design of a garden and how we keep things thriving, because it really, you know, what, 
what comes up for me when we think about things that are living and, and getting, you know, things from the ground and thriving and growth, I think about the root of things, right? And, and it's one of the ways that I practice to say, okay, what's really going on? We've heard this theme a bunch of times. So let that be a guide as to looking into your handbook, as well as, you know, looking at how you can build this intentionally. Uh, it really does start at the root of the organization. And I think that sometimes we overcomplicate so much that we forget that it's, you know, it really comes down to just the basics a lot of times, getting that infrastructure in place, your policies, your tools, your systems. Is that something that people feel like there's clarity there? Um, is there transparency into your programs, your policies and systems? And that really helps nurture that growth uh, within the organization. It really helps get the culture going. It starts to build that inclusivity and uh, the diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging as a whole when you're looking at those things. And the listening really does engender the trust. So those are the things that are kind of top of mind for me. I love that. I love that. Thank you. And it, uh, what you just said takes me back to a previous conversation that you and I had um, initially just, you know, talking about this, uh, what we wanted to talk about and strategizing. I remember you mentioned, of course, handbooks. Most people, you know, we want to include what we need to be in compliance of. I'm just going to say examples like, uh, you know, workplace harassment policies and all these other great things. But going back to that intentionality that you just mentioned, excuse me, and that mindfulness as well, uh, just like you mentioned earlier, it's also great to have something about inclusion in there. So maybe there's a language policy, you know, with so much shifting in the workplace, we know that everybody is different. So how can we be mindful and intentional using our handbook to include you know, psychological safety and, you know, and all these other areas of things that HR leaders and organizations, you know, are saying are important, but they're not really being seen or, or and or seeds are really being planted in their cultures for these things, excuse me, excitement to come to harvest. Yes. And, and I love, I, I love that you brought this up and thank you for that because uh, a lot of my clients are really looking at, they're like, we've had the legal review and yes, I appreciate my legal partnerships too. It's really important to make sure that you get that reviewed by legal, even in working with your HR professional, because they're two different disciplines for a reason. The thing that I'm really loving that's trending is that people are really saying, okay, we have these policies. What are we missing? Let's look at the gaps. Let's also look at it from an inclusivity perspective. It, are these policies equitable? And so those are things that I've really been proud to see trending. And it is things like language. So many times over the years, too, we are in a multicultural world, obviously, but even in our spheres of the world, helping people understand in these workplaces that, you know, it's not offensive to you or it shouldn't be if someone is speaking Spanish over there. And so many times I've had to have this conversation with folks um, and I'm using Spanish because I speak a bit of it, but also because at the same time, we people get so offended in the workplace about different languages or making the assumption, which is usually the root of it. We're talking about these gardens, right? The root of it ends up being that they feel like they're talking about them or they and now it makes somebody else feel excluded. And I think as workplaces, organizations, we have to do a better job at 
educating people and helping, helping really, you know, showcase all of the beauty that's in the garden. And so that inclusive language and how we operate, what values we operate under as an organization, and do we actually live by those? Or are we just, you know, making these pretty flowers in the garden, but we're not really tending to them and we don't really intend for them to be seen. We're just hiding things behind the the, Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And I, of course, I'm loving the garden theme. I'm loving it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, of course, we know um, that maintaining the health of a garden boils down to knowing, knowing when to water, uh, knowing when to weed out, and of course, knowing when to harvest plants when the time is right, of course. Uh, what are some key things organizations should keep in mind when it comes to maintaining a positive culture? And of course, I know we've kind of touched on this um, already, but in terms of psychological safety, excuse me, DEIB, employee engagement, mentoring, and coaching along those lines? Yeah, you know, and and with that question, I have a lot of thoughts. Um, but, But what's coming up right in this moment is that when we look at mentoring and coaching, and even when we look at feedback, helping people to understand the DEIB and the psychological safety that are within those in and of themselves, because also feedback is not the same as coaching. Mentoring uh, may look this the, look different for me than it's going to look for you, Bianca, than it's going to look for our colleagues um, across the pond or wherever people happen to be and at whatever intersection that they bring into the, the workplace, which is why we want to be accepted, not tolerated. And so psychological safety and DIB, which we've been talking a lot about, absolutely play a role. But there is a space and a time uh, when we're looking in these gardens to not every plant is the same. And so we need to, some of them, you know, will poke you in their sharper and some of them are not, right? That comes down to communication styles and how we learn and how we work together. But also I might need, I was having this conversation with a client the other day, I might need direct feedback. Whereas somebody else may need it a little bit, you know, the message massaged a little bit more. Um, they, someone might want autonomy. Someone else may need somebody to be more hands-on in their approach and mentorship and leading them. Um, but coaching is different than feedback in that feedback, it's usually already happened, the thing. And we're giving some type of advice on it or we're helping to improve, helping that person to develop. Whereas coaching, we're asking a lot of more questions and we're getting curious. So those are some things I wanted to share. Um, but I definitely think that, you know, if you don't have psychological safety, if you don't have DIB, the rest can't succeed. People need to understand, you know, how this relates to their respective roles. And so as leaders, visibility and access, especially at the senior and executive level, well, and even frontline, um, that is very necessary because if people feel like they can't connect to you, you don't want to speak to them or they walk past you and you don't speak to them, or you're not nice to them. Those things matter in our work environments and in our experiences, as well as, you know, having flexibility, having the tools to do our jobs. We need the right tools in the garden, right? Um, And only too, if I only see and hear from you when I did something wrong, or our department's getting blamed for something yet again, where I don't feel like I'm celebrated for the great work I do, that I'm recognized, these things are extremely problematic and they don't engender trust. They don't allow me to feel like I'm going to flourish within the environment and these gardens and the culture that's been created. And so if what's kind of a spouse in the organization isn't actually how we do the thing, 
that's going to feel disingenuous to people. And then they might start to question, like, should I be here? Is this the right place for me? They're then going to be probably disengaged because they don't see alignment with their own personal and professional values. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love all of that, all of that. And it makes me think think of, um, quite frankly, a lot of emphasis just on weeding out. A lot of times there are things where we're so invested in or this is the way it's always been. Uh, and, you know, we don't want to change. We don't want to let go. We don't want to um, stop doing what what no longer is working. And that can kill the those weeds can kill the garden as well. Um, yes. So it's, it's very mindful. And I know I'm just, you know, a little podcaster here, a little writer and storyteller. Uh, but it's, I'm very mindful of, of letting things go that I know no longer serve me. Uh, and quite frankly, I think that's one of the biggest silver linings uh, to circle back, I guess you could say, to, to the pandemic. What does not work? What no longer works? What was working, we now know for a fact was, was not working and it no longer works. So we must be mindful. We have to shift our perspective and, you know, try something different. And it's going to be uncomfortable, but in uncomfortability, I mean, the other side of that is a gorgeous rainbow, I think. That, I love that. And so many people have really found what works for them and what doesn't, namely the latter of those two. And people have decided if this doesn't work for me, it's no longer serving me, or maybe it no longer did. There have been these points of inflection and reflection for folks to say, you know what, I think I'm going to do something different. And you don't want to be at the other side of that as an employer or a leader who's losing someone on your team or worse, somebody who stays, who's disengaged. Uh, And so you really want to be making sure that you do have the right tools in the garden and that you're not letting the weeds overtake things that you're, you're pruning appropriately in your culture. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Tiffany, I've got one more question for you, but before I ask you my final question, is there anything else that you like to add or talk about? You know, I am fresh off of a burnout conference from yesterday <laughs> that my uh, partner, Minakshi Ayer, and I co-hosted for our third year in a row. And I really believe, and this is a whole nother conversation, but just want to plug that for people about burnout. And, you know, we, we called it a silent pandemic in how we titled our conference, but it really is about, you know, the fact that it is another silent pandemic burnout It's threatening to take us all out. And, you know, as we look at new ways of how can we work sustainably, particularly when we think about women, when we think about uh, groups that are un- underrepresented and or marginalized, oppressed, uh, it's about looking at not leaving those people on the fringes, unattended and uncared for with compassion and empathy. And so we, we know that we can't pour from an empty cup, as we all mostly have heard. And a burned out employee is not an engaged employee. So even if they want to be, but they have too much going on and those gardens aren't being tended or the weeds have taken over, it, you know, I just want people to resonate with that for a moment and sit and think about what type of culture are you trying to build? What is the vision for what you're looking to build and build your strategy around that? So many times strategy is also missing. Um, and if we do that and we do it with intentionality, then the rest will follow. I love that. I love that. If we do it with intentionality, the rest will follow. I love that. Thank you for that. Okay, Tiffany, my final question, my million dollar question here, quite frankly, my favorite uh, that I ask on every episode here. Are you ready? I think so. 
It's a good one. It's a good one. I, I promise I would never um, make you feel uncomfortable or ask you anything that's uncomfortable. My final question. What's on your heart, Tiffany? Oh, my gosh. What a beautiful <laughs> question. I think I just shared a little bit about it with, with Burnout. What's on my heart is just the space that we hold for each other and the space that I'm holding for this beautiful conversation we've had and the opportunity to share because our workplaces are so important. And why is that? Because people, there are people within that in our organizations and people make up the world and there's such rich opportunity for us really to impart some compassion amongst each other and onto each other. Um, and so I just, any opportunity that I get to, to shift a mindset, not that I'm trying to force my thoughts on people, but as it relates to our work culture, we really want to be in a space of caring for folks versus ruining them. And, and I think that kind of encapsulates what we, what we talked about today. Thank you for sharing that. And it brings to mind, uh, a Maya Angelou reference for me. Maya Angelou, she said, you know, if just 1% of the world changed, you know, if 1% of the world cared and we could move mountains. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that, Tiffany. And thank you uh, for being here. I truly appreciate your time and I've, and I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Me too. Thank you. And thank you for sharing that beautiful Maya Angelou quote. I'm a huge fan as well. Maya rules, Maya rules, but that's another conversation. <laughs> to our listeners, Thanks so much for tuning in today. And remember, you can listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Again, I am Bianca Heron. Join us next time at the table. And as always, we'll have your seat waiting for you.